Okay, let's pray. Lord, surely you're present here in your sanctuary. And you're present here in the sanctuary of our hearts. Lord, those of us who know you, you've set up tabernacle within us. We thank you. We're just amazed that you would choose to uh, be born in our hearts, that you would choose to take up residence, to fill us with your holiness and your righteousness, to release us from fear. We're so thankful. God, I ask in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit that you'd lead us now as we look at these scriptures. Lord, that you would open our hearts um, and our minds to understand and grant us faith and courage to live out the truth of this gift and this calling and this privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Let me read this uh, passage, Luke 1, 68 to 75, one more time. You, you heard it, but I'm going to, you know, just in case you had your kids' ears on before, you put your adults' ears on now. And um, this is the word of the Lord to us this morning. Luke 1, 68 to 75. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's visited and redeemed his people. He sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He's been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness as long as we live. Amen. It's a, it's a huge passage. It, um, I, I want to focus on those same two verses that Kara and Erica went through with the kids. And um, I, I give you full permission, if God is speaking to you through the kids' sermon, to tune me out, okay? Um, the Lord says that you've got to become like a child, right, to enter the kingdom of God. So if you're on that process, <laughs> you know, keep at it. <clears throat> These two verses, um, in these two verses, Luke 1, 74 and 75, there are three things, three realities, three incredible um, things that God gives us in the person of Jesus. Now, Zechariah is, I mean, this is the wild thing about this. You know, Zechariah is the father of John the Baptist. And Zechariah, there's a stray sheep or panda. <laughs> Glad to have you. <laughs> Right here, right here. <laughs> um, John the Baptist, you know, he, you just got to think through the his, history of this. He's, he's prophesying before the birth of Christ, right? Because we know from earlier in the chapter that um, Elizabeth was six months pregnant when right after Mary got the word that she would become pregnant. So you got John the Baptist coming six months before Jesus. And you've got the father of John the Baptist, Zechariah. You know, he, um, he has this encounter with the angel and kind of gives him a little guff, like the angel says, this is what's going to happen. And Zechariah's like, I'm not really so sure about that. So he struck dumb. Okay, we're going to assume, ladies, he was not dumb before this. It was just at this point, you know, this little joke there, little marital joke there. The spirit of dumbness came out. He couldn't speak for nine months. 
And then, um, you know, the, um, after uh, the son is born, Zechariah speaks first time in nine months. He speaks and he doesn't speak about his own son. I mean, he literally, he doesn't start off talking about this incredible miracle of conception after the age of possibility, you know, angel involved, you know, struck dumb, all of a sudden released into speech. He doesn't, he doesn't do any of that. You'd think he'd be saying, oh my gosh, this was amazing, or whatever. He doesn't. He launches into this prophetic word about what would happen through the promised Messiah, the cousin of John the Baptist, Jesus. And if you notice in the verses before 74 and 75, all of those verbs, you know, he has, praise be to the Lord of Israel, he's visited his people, he's redeemed his people, he's saved his people, he's kept his promise, he's remembered what he said he would do, he's delivered us from the hands of our enemies. All of those, I mean, for the English people out there, right? Past tense. Does that strike you as a little bit strange? Jesus hasn't been born yet. Zechariah gets the word of the Lord after nine months being silent and speaks it out as if it's already happened. I mean, that is faith. <laughs> that is incredible faith. That is the spirit of prophecy to declare what is before it's even happened. And that is the realm of, uh, that we live in as the people of God. We live in the kingdom right now. Yeah. Has happened, is happening will happen. That's we live as, as kingdom people in 2013 between the times. Jesus came and he's done all this work for us and he's doing all this work in us and he will do work. So we can walk with the faith of Zechariah speaking by the word of the Lord. You know what? This is what Jesus has done for me. This is past tense even though I'm still living it out. I mean, if there's anyone who's perfectly sanctified, all done, fixed, you know, looks like Jesus, condition and position right now, you know, go watch the game. I mean, you don't need me. <laughs> Otherwise, the rest of us are on the way. Having been redeemed and being redeemed. Having been delivered and being delivered. Having been saved and being saved. I mean, we're in it, right? We feel it day after day. I, three things I'll point out, and if you want to write them down, they won't be up there for you. If you like little outlines, write them down. Thanks, Joy. Appreciate your encouragement there. <laughs> three things I see in these two verses. I see a gift, I see a calling, and I see a privilege. A gift, a calling, and a privilege. Luke 1, It says that this Jesus who was to come, what has he done? He has rescued us from our enemies. He's rescued us from our enemies. Picture, you know, picture the war. Picture you're as a prisoner of war. Picture yourself before Jesus came and did the work that he did in you. And you were in the hands of the enemy. His name is Satan. And he's real. And he beat the bejeebers out of us, didn't he? I mean, he had us in his grip. I mean, every single one of us, he had us. And when we were under the control of Satan, the enemy, we had no choice but to do his will. Our daily life was in his control. Our eternal destiny was up to him. We were in the hands of our enemy, the devil. The same one that tried to kill Jesus. The same one that killed Jesus. The same one that thought he'd won until Jesus rose again from the dead. And what Jesus has done is he's ripped us out of the hands of our enemies. 
I mean, that's what the, that's what the cross is about. Not just Jesus died, but he rose again. He beat death. So all of us who were destined to death... Sorry, being a little heavy on you. Let me lighten up. Good, I won't. All of us were destined to death. I mean, we were stuck in shame and guilt, right? It was messy in our lives before Jesus. And we were prisoners of the enemy. And what Jesus did by his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection is he rescued us. He rescued us. He yanked us out of the pit. Not a one of us escaped on our own. I just think it's crucial that we remember that. I mean, the, the gospel is all gift. It's all grace. There was a, there, there's not a one of us in here who can say, you know what? I fought the devil hard and I beat him. No, you didn't. Jesus beat him. And our part of our salvation was this. We were in prison, in bondage to Satan, stuck in our sin, stuck in our shame, condemned to die. Jesus busted through, opened the prison gates and said, will you come and follow me into freedom? And here is our part of it. Here's what we contributed. We said, yes. (laughs) We just said, yes. That was the utterance of faith. We said, yes. Jesus was the one who rescued us. He rescued us from fear. He rescued us from our foes. This is a gift of God. So Zechariah prophesies. Here's what Jesus has done, is doing, will do. Rescued you. Most of us this morning know what it is to be rescued by Jesus. I'm going to say that there are some here this morning that don't. And it is your day of grace. If you have not been rescued by Jesus, if you've been working to try to get to God or figure out your life all by yourself and you just don't know how to do it, I'll tell you, this is the day Jesus is knocking on the door of your life. He's knocking today. He's opened the door from the outside and he said, you can be free from your sin. You can be free from your shame. No more condemnation. No more fear. No more anxiety. I mean, that's the Christmas story. Jesus came to set us free. So some of us this morning, that's where you are. You're just like, man, I want to say yes. Give me the yes of faith. As we pray this uh, later on, just a couple of minutes, I'll just ask you to keep that prayer in your heart. You want to say yes to Jesus because rescue is available. The gift, he rescued us. Second, I see a calling here. Zechariah prophesies, he rescued us from our enemies and enabled us to serve him, that is Jesus, to serve him without fear. That's a calling. The rescue, we didn't have anything to do with that. That was a gift. To serve God without fear, we were his enemy. Now we've been rescued, we're on his team. To serve God without fear, that's a calling. That's the calling of every single child of God sitting in the room today. That's our calling. I mean, that's what you were made for. Think about that. You were made to serve God. I think a lot of us get that part. Yeah, I got to serve God. You know, Jesus did the whole death thing for me. So, I mean, some of us feel that way. Yeah, I got to serve God. No, no, no. It's a calling. It's a noble, high calling. We have been called to serve God. And here's the promise. Without fear. No fear. Of all the people 
in the Bible to, to prophesy service to God without fear, Zechariah would not have been my first choice. I mean, just go back into the story. Zechariah's doing his job, walks into the temple, goes in, you know, does his thing, encounter with the angel, says to the angel, eh, not so sure about you, struck dumb. He's clearly encountering the power of God. His wife, way beyond uh, childbearing years, has a child. God releases his mouth. The Holy Spirit fills him and he starts to speak. And he says, we've been rescued. And here's our calling. To serve God without fear. I would think Zechariah would be scared to death. I mean, you know, wouldn't Zechariah got it wrong. You know, angel comes, you disagree with angel, bad situation, right? And Zechariah, because he's filled with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, he says, here's our calling people, and I'm exhibit 1A. We can serve God without fear. I botched it for the last nine months. And here I am proclaiming the word of the Lord. We serve God without fear. When we were under the grip of the enemy... You know, we served uh, our, our taskmaster, we served the devil out of fear. Yes. Remember that? When the enemy had you and he'd tell you what to do and, and it, was, it was Satan always trying to manipulate you, always trying to extract things from you, always trying to use you, usually abusing you, right? It's the enemy. And we've been rescued from that by Jesus. And now the Spirit of the Lord through Zechariah says, and you've been given this calling. You get to serve God without fear. Yeah. No more fear of the enemy coming down and speaking those condemning words. No more fear that if you don't do it just right, you get yanked out of heaven. Right. No more fear that, oh no, you know, what they say in sales, if it, or well, I guess on the other side of sales, if it's too good to be true, then it is, you know. That's not the truth with the gospel. If it's too good to be true, it's God. It's God. And so Zechariah proclaims, we get to, this is our calling, serve God without fear. We don't have to worry about doing it imperfectly. We, we just literally, can you imagine walking through life before God without fear? What would your life look like in perfect freedom? Let's play with that one for a while. Man. I mean, some of us are more fear, fearful than others. But imagine your life before God. You know, God sees all things. Imagine walking before God and before people without fear. This city would be turned upside down. I mean, what would the city do with 400 fearless, spirit-filled crazy people yeah. like us unbelievable and it's our calling I mean it's our calling to walk and to serve without fear not worrying about imperfection not worrying about punishment fearless no longer worried that the enemy will manipulate and extract things from us because we're no longer serving the enemy out of fear we're now worshiping and serving the Savior as the Beloved. Psalm 18, 19. Um, David says, David, there's this big long psalm about all the things that David went through and how God rescued him. In Psalm 18, 19, David says, And he rescued me because he delighted in me. 
I mean, there is a New Testament concept right there in Psalm 18, 19. It's grace. It's grace. Every single one of us. He rescued us, not because, man, I'll get something good out of him, or I can really use him in the kingdom. We use that one sometimes, right? Not because, oh, man, who else is going to take this person? No. He rescued us because he delighted in us. There's not a person here in whom the Lord, who created you, does not delight. And so rescue is either yours or it's on the way. He rescued us because he delighted in us. And this calling now is to serve God without fear. So the gift is the rescue. We had nothing to do with it. We said yes. Jesus came in, opened the door. We said yes. He brought us out. We're safe. We're redeemed. We're saved. The calling, the calling is this uh, ability to serve God without fear. And the privilege is this. Luke 1.75 In holiness and righteousness all our days. That's the privilege. Now some of you read holiness and righteousness all our days and you think, oh, that's the hard part. I'm saying no, that's not the work. That's the privilege. How many of you made yourselves righteous? Just, it's a trick question. Don't, don't raise your hand. You'll feel, you'll feel stupid. How many of us were able to make ourselves holy by trying really hard? How many were able to cleanse ourselves before God so that we could enter into God's presence in heaven? Not a single one of us. Remember, we were stuck. Jesus had to rescue us. We were in fear, and then Jesus called us to serve without fear. And the privilege is that we do it in holiness and righteousness all our days. Here's the good news. It's not your holiness. And it's not your righteousness. So the presence of God going through your life in holiness and righteousness is not up to you. It's already been done. The privilege is that we bear the righteousness of Christ. The privilege is that we carry the holiness of God. Not that we're perfect in our lives, but we go out imperfect into an imperfect world and we say, yeah, I know I got stuff, but the righteousness of Jesus is in me. And the holiness of God is my gift. And the presence of God forever is my destiny. That inspires some confidence. Not like I did it, look how good I am, but I couldn't do it, look how good he is, and look at me now. All God's grace. The gift, he rescued us. The calling, we serve him without fear. And the privilege, we actually bear the presence of God into the world. In holiness, his holiness. In righteousness, his righteousness. Just that last phrase, all the days of our lives. It's a real tricky Greek construction. It means all the days of our lives. It means eternal. It means you can't screw it up. I mean, that's, that's the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> you can't screw it up. You will be imperfect, but you walk in the righteousness of Jesus. I mean, we just get to literally allow Jesus to pick us up, dust us off, say, don't worry, your righteousness is still showing. I can see it. Go out there. Um, last... <coughs> Last night, um, my wife and I were out to dinner. We'd been given a gift by someone, and so um, we were out to dinner at a place 
let's just say that we wouldn't normally go. <laughs> and um, it was a nice place, and it just, you know, it's one of those nights that worked. It was just nice, you know, it's just, we're sitting there, you know, like, sort of feeling like we're in the big time, but trying to be cool about it, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, ordering things off the menu that we wouldn't normally order and so forth. And we're sitting there and um, we're just talking and just really, really we were rejoicing. God is good. God is really good, you know, and just so thankful. And so we order our food and it comes. And um, <clears throat> so the, the waiter didn't deliver our food. It was a, a different waiter. It was a, a different server who delivered our food. And when the guy came to the table, I recognized him immediately. I hadn't seen him in eight years. The last time I saw him, I was on his front step here in Indianapolis, and I'm not joking, I'm not a violent man in general, but I wanted to kill him. Not hyperbole, just telling you the truth. This, I won't go into the whole story, it's, it's personal, but this man did something to someone that I care for deeply. And... Um, he came to the table, and I just, I couldn't, I mean, I recognized him right away. Eight years, and I, I, I knew who it was. I knew his name. And I thought, oh, man. You know, talk about your mood spoiler. <laughs> the ultimate uh, spiritual buzz killer, you know. We're rejoicing in God's grace, and here, I mean, in my humble opinion, an enemy walks to the table and delivers our food. I'm like, crap. <laughs> So I said, uh, so we prayed for the food, and I said, Jane, do you know who that was? And she said, what are you talking about? I said, I know who that was. She looked back, she said, I don't think so. I said, I know who it was. It was that guy. <laughs> so we're talking, you know, and, you know, we're cutting into our food. You know, it's just a little bit distracting at this point. And I just, I felt this, okay, I'm just, this is not my normal, everyday Randy, Mr. Bold, okay? But I'm about to get up and preach. I mean, I knew I was going to preach. Fearless before him. In righteousness and holiness all our days. And I thought to myself, okay, God, let's not think about what Randy would do with the steak knife in his hand. <laughs> Jesus, what would you do? I mean, it was way too weird for just coincidence. It was just way too weird. We don't go to places like this. Yeah. And so I said, Jane, I got to talk to him. She's like, She's like, what are you going to say? I said, I don't know what I'm going to say. I said, you do your job, I do my job, which means you pray and I'll figure it out on the way. So we prayed and I just, I just asked the Lord, I mean, just like, Lord, what do, you want, what do you want to say to this guy? So the restaurant was busy. I mean, I saw him up there. He's with all the other servers and I went up and um, I mean, it was awkward. It just, it was awkward, you know. Um, there's a bunch of servers and they're like asking me, can I help you? And I said, I'm waiting for him. So he turns around and he looks at me and I said, hey, do you have just a minute? He said, yeah. His eyes were glinting a little. I think he recognized me right away. Um, I said, I don't know if you remember me. My name is Randy. He said, I know who you are. And he, he mentioned something that would indicate that he knew who I was. He said, you came to my house. I said, yeah, I did. I was very angry. And I said, I said, I saw you when you when you served our table, and I recognized you right away. And I, I prayed for you, and I just want to let you know the Lord's hand of compassion is extended towards you. That's that's the word that God gave me. The Lord's hand of compassion is extended towards you. And um, he 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 said it after me. He said, 
the Lord's hand of compassion is extended towards me? That's the way he said it. Like, what? I said, I just want to tell you, God's grace is extended towards you. And we forgive you. And I just needed to tell you that, you know. And he, he like, I mean, you could tell this is not an, a normal occurrence for him. <laughs> nor is it a normal occurrence for me. But he started asking, you know, how, you know, you know, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? I mean, just we're having a conversation. You know, I didn't see him in eight years. The last time I saw him, I wanted to do him bodily harm. I said, I just need to tell you that. I put my hand on his shoulder. I just need to tell you that. And, and, I, and I walked back to the table. And I'm just kind of like this, you know. Now, sometimes I get nervous like this when it's, I'm, a, I'm Holy Spirit scared. No. <laughs> this was God saying, don't kill him. <laughs> And uh, Jane saw him walk back, and he walked by that table with a big smile on his face. And on the way out, we just happened to, we were there for another hour or so, and on the way out, we just happened to see him. And he shook my hand, and he said, thank you. He put his arm uh, on my shoulder, and he said, thank you. And we walked out. I don't know the end of the story. As far as I'm concerned, that's the end of the story. But here's what I do know. I was rescued by Jesus. And I, I... and I have done more evil things than he did. So if I've been rescued by Jesus, I'm a part of the rescue party. Right? I, mean, I, I say it. If you've been rescued by Jesus, you're a part of the rescue party. And, and God not just rescued me, but, but he called me. He gave me a calling. And that is to serve him. Not my own interests. We're not called to serve our own interests. We're, we're called to serve him. The new master. The perfect master. The savior who beat sin and defeated death and rose again for the joy set before him. And he called us to do it without fear. And so, I mean, it's the grace of God. Believe me, it's the grace of God that I could, without fear, say the Lord's hand of compassion is extended towards you. Because I'm a part of the rescue party now. You're a part of the rescue party. And you know what the privilege is that we bear into the world? Praise God, it was not my righteousness that I had to count on last night because I wasn't feeling it. Or my holiness, because I remember the words that I used the last time I saw him. Let's just say not words to be spoken in church. And I realized this is my privilege to walk before God in righteousness and holiness, the righteousness of God and the holiness of God, and to extend to this man that gift of salvation from God, not from me. That's our calling. That's what we get to do. I mean, that's the rescue, it's the gift, it's the calling, it's the privilege that we walk in. And believe me, it's, it's not up to us. Our part in it is just say yes. Let's pray. Let's just bow our heads for a minute. Um, we're gonna, we've changed the way we do communion for this month. And so, actually, as we come to the Lord's table this morning, this is the, formally the close of our service. And so, communion is a time of response. If you've given your life to Jesus, then this celebration of the body of Christ and his blood is a celebration of your rescue. I mean, this is a celebration of your rescue. If you've not given your life to Jesus, if you don't know him, if you're stuck in your sin, 
and you're, you're hounded by condemnation and you feel the guilt and the anxiety of carrying it, then this is an invitation to rescue. And I would ask you, if you don't know Jesus this morning, before you come, you've got nothing to celebrate yet. Honestly. You've got a gift to receive. I'm going to ask Barry, if Barry would be over here on my left, if, if you need to be rescued by Jesus from your sin this morning. You can just come and Barry will pray with you. And then you can come and celebrate your rescue by taking the body and the blood of Jesus. Some of you, as you come forward, you just need to re-engage the calling. You know, you know you've been called by God to serve Him. It doesn't mean full-time ministry necessarily, but to live your life for Him that you lived for someone else before. And to do it fearlessly without fear because perfect love drives out fear and some of us need to come up and just remember the privilege of bearing the righteousness and the holiness of Jesus in the world the enemy's right there he's telling you right now you're not righteous you're not holy you tell him very kindly to shut up and go back where he came from because your righteousness and your holiness were purchased and given to you by Jesus, the Son of God himself. And then you take communion and you get to walk out into the world rescued and called and privileged to bear the righteousness and the holiness of Jesus to a world that's longing for it. So why don't you stand with me um, if I could have the ministry team come forward. If you want to come for salvation, to be rescued, talk to Barry. You want someone to pray for you before you come to the table, you can do that or go and take communion and then have someone pray for you. You're welcome to stay as long as you want this afternoon. This does formally end our service. So you can come for prayer afterwards or you can go in peace to love and serve the Lord who rescued you. Amen.